Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story to tell, and our Wonder Women in Business podcast give a voice to those women whose story is meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share these stories with the world. Why? So that in their shining, they give permission to others to do the same. It serves no one when women play small, so I try to give a voice to women so that they can give other women permission to use their own voice. Today's guest is Linda Ficano of Neo Design Group. Linda, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Susan. Um, please let me say it's a great honor to have been asked to be on your show. Your past participants are truly inspiring to me. Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that you've listened to the um, podcast in brief, at least in the past. I have a lot of wonderful women in my network and circles, and we love to support each other and lift each other up. So welcome to that circle. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Linda. Sure. Um, I'm a self-taught legal marketing professional with nearly 25 years experience in this field. I sort of fell into it like so many of others have. You could say we were the pioneers in this, which is now much more of widely recognized actual career. In January of this year, I switched careers from an in-house CMO to client solution specialist at Neo Design Group. On a personal note, I'm very active in my church and I've held the role of Sunday school superintendent, as well as having been a Sunday school teacher for many years. Very nice. Let me ask you, um, what do you do at Neo Design Group? Um, I will be the liaison between uh, the design team and the client. So Very I'm nice. going to be the pro project manager so when we have a, you know, a project such as a website, um, I will be the day-to-day -day contact, uh, which allows the design team to truly do what they do best, which is the design part of it. That's wonderful, wonderful. So you're the face and voice of the company, and then you come back and represent the client's best interest in-house. So that's great. Good that they yeah. have you there. I have learned through experience that sometimes the people who actually uh, do the work, so I worked in technology for a long time, have a more difficult time interviewing and assessing needs with clients. So your role is very important and will be super helpful, I'm sure. Thank you. And I, I feel having been on the other side of the table, I know the pain points and, and I, you know, hope to be really successful as, as being this key individual at Neo Design Group. Well, I have no doubt that you will. Hope is not a strategy, but you've got this because um, I hear lots of great <laughs> things. <laughs> I hear lots of great things about you. Uh, and I'm so glad that you're now in my network. Tell me a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment to date. I'm especially proud of the fact that while working with the design team, um, Neo Design Group, which I did work with over the past 15 years <clears throat> in my capacity as CMO um, on Fitzpatrick's rebranding. I thought of the tagline, we are IP, and the firm liked it. They actually loved it. It became our tagline for many years. One of the hardest jobs legal marketers have is to figure out what distinguishes the firm they work for 
from many others. I confess it was a little easier for me because the firm I worked for was a firm that specialized in intellectual property law. Others don't have such a specialty, so it's a little more difficult. But with the tagline, I, I thought, of why not boil it down into simplicity? We are IP. That's all we do. Of course, you know, folks outside of legal may not understand the tagline, but that real, but they weren't really our target. So it definitely has worked. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So um, basically, you took a concept of personification and made the firm into IP. So if you're looking for IP, you look no further than your firm. That's really great, powerful stuff. Sort of like uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, we do chicken right. That's <laughs> their core concept. <laughs> I like the analogy. Yeah, yeah, so good job, good job. Well, throughout your career, I'm sure you've met some really wonderful people and some have inspired you, some have mentored you. Who has been your best uh, or most the, the person you're most grateful to as an inspirational mentor? You may not like my answer. Um, I really <laughs> cannot single out one single person. There are so many folks I've met over the past 25 years that I consider mentors. I'm going to say my biggest mentor has been the Legal Marketing Association as a whole. I've met each and every one of my mentors through LMA. I was privileged to have been on the board with some amazing women, and I will call out to Susan Jacobson and Despina Hodson. I, I was privileged to work with them when I was on the board. But the entire LMA community has been my inspiration. That community was not only my educational source, but I truly value many of the friendships I've made over the years through this organization. That's wonderful. So I too have been a fan of and involved with LMA for many, many years. And I would say the majority of my time, attention, money, and uh, relationships within LMA were well spent. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, you know, we, we, we have seen it grow and change. I will say that Cynthia Voth will be, is already, but will be one of the most amazing leaders this organization has ever seen. She is authentic, she is strong, she is smart, she is kind, um, she's funny. Oh my gosh, she's funny. So they are about to be in the hands of someone at the helm whom I consider an inspirational mentor as well. The two women that you named, I know of them quite well, and I would agree that there are people in LMA, the Legal Marketing Association, who would certainly say the same positive things about those women that you did. So that's awesome. I'm glad that you will, I'm assuming you'll still be involved with LMA in your new role, right? I will. Great, 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 great. Well, and that said, I mean, everyone who knows me personally knows that I believe in lifting women. And obviously the women I have as guests on this show believe in lifting women in business. What do you advise um, us to do? How, how can we further support women in business besides giving them a voice? Yes, I agree that women in particular want to see other women succeed. Um, I've actually counseled the attorneys at Fitzpatrick on this subject. And when I was CMO, I recommended we made a conscious 
effort to support events, to sponsor events that would appeal to women. Um, I truly believe that this group, women, wants to give other women business, that it matters that women attorneys are not only doing the work, but getting the credit that they deserve. Um, what could we do? You know, probably support those businesses that we know support women, women's yes. initiatives, or are owned by women. That's beautiful. That's great. So um, in my teaching gender-based communication styles and how we often come upon a failure to communicate, um, I am able to connect the dots to um, that failure to communicate to why women are not getting the bonuses, the job titles, the positions that they deserve and starting to raise awareness on that. I find that outside of the few, you know, there's always the exceptional mean girl, um, but I find that most of the women that I keep close to me and those that I invite into my circle do have a personal commitment to lifting other women in business. And I think your idea for companies to do so by supporting businesses that are women owned or supporting businesses that support women in business is a great idea. I think that we um, don't often look to take it the next step. We think about what can my firm do to help women in business? But just like CSR and D&I, or Corporate Social Responsibility and Diversity and Inclusivity, we might want to think about, you know, let's have a special target of, you know, doing work for women-owned business or, or companies that support women. I think that's an amazing idea. Um, I try to do that in my own small way with the podcasts and with these events that I host. But that's a big, big... Um, I would say, write that down, folks. If you're listening, write that down. Your law firm needs to think about how can we support businesses that support women and how can we support or do business with women-owned businesses. Great, great idea there. Um, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Good. It seems like your, your career has been rocking along and full of good news and this latest good news uh, to boot. But I'm sure you've seen some roadblocks and potholes and setbacks and challenges. Tell us a little bit about how you, uh, you know, what those were and how'd you overcome them? Yeah, everyone has, you know, setbacks. And um, in thinking about that, because I had two major setbacks in my personal life, um, I kind of roll with the punches maybe much more easily um, in my professional life. Um, my first child was a stillborn son and the sudden death of my mom at her age of 50 and she was truly my best friend wow. um, with two really, really devastating setbacks in my life. But I am, I'm a very um, positive person um, overall. And um, so because of that, the, the minor setbacks that I've had in my professional life have not, um, I've just allowed that having learned from my personal triumphs that some days are just better than others. Um, but of course, even on the bad days, there's some, always some brightness if you look for it. 
And the recent merger between Fitzpatrick and Venable was my most recent setback. Um, it, you know, we, we did not need two CMOs anymore. And um, I, you know, thought about this and really took a moment to reflect on where did I want to be in the next piece of my career. And I decided I did not want to be in a law firm anymore. So this, what I originally thought was a setback, was just um, sort of a blossoming for me. I'm still connected to my LMA community. That was very important to me. But now I'm on the other side, and I'm really enjoying it. That sounds wonderful. So I'm struck by um, the tragedy that you've experienced. I have experienced similar, and I think that you were very poignant in saying that basically it gives you perspective. You're able to, you know, uh, literally, Linda, I'm going to be honest with you. One of the things that gives me perspective when things go wrong, I say, you know, everybody keep your calm, keep your cool. Babies aren't dying. And that's the phrase that I mm -hmm. use. And wow, I had chills when you told me about your experience. I'm so, so sorry that those two things happened to you. 50 is very young. I'm 52. So wow, what an impact <laughs> on your life. Um, that's amazing that you're able to keep perspective. And I think because of those tragedies, and they are, they're tragedies and perhaps traumas as well, that you're able to keep perspective and that you realize that you win or learn, never lose. And this is just another transition in your life, an opportunity for spiritual and physical and emotional and mental growth. Um, I think that's so fantastic. You're quite a powerful person right there. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I can imagine Thanks. your role as a Sunday school teacher kind of plays um, a part in your day-to-day -day positivity as well, carries you throughout the week. Um, yes, yes. And, and, you know, I do have two grown daughters now and I have grandchildren. So um, I was blessed with children, you know, and um, it does. It definitely keeps things in perspective when you're and, and that's not to say that I can be I'm definitely sympathetic when you're having a bad day. I've had plenty of those <laughs> in my work experience, but um, you do try to keep things in perspective when you've had some major tragedy. Yeah. Well, those of us who've been in-house in legal all know about the bad days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think that's the whole reason LMA exists is to be provide a community of support for those of us who've been in-house. Um, yeah, it's like one big giant support group. So um, Exactly. Tell me a little bit about, uh, well, you've already shared a couple things that I certainly didn't know and probably most people don't know, but share with us a surprising fact about you that even maybe some of your friends don't know. Yes. So Susan, you prepared me. Um, I knew you were going to ask me this question and I had really, I thought, oh my gosh, am I that boring that I can't think of something? That would be, <laughs> that would be, I would struggle with this. Um, so I asked my daughters what they thought would be a good response. Um, what would you think was a surprising fact about me? And my eldest daughter said, mom, I think the fact that you've never dyed your hair. And wow. when I thought, yes. And when I thought about that, I said, you know, I kind of like that. And you're I love it. right. Because, 
I am stopped on the street numerous times for people to ask me who does my hair. And my answer is, do you mean my, you know, the cut or the color? And almost always it's the color. And I say, I'm sorry, but God gave me this hair and you can try to mimic it, but I don't know if you'll get it just so. <laughs> so this is a really great example, Linda, of why I do what I call a blog cast and not just a podcast, because I want people to see, I have to tell you folks, she has gorgeous hair. She's like a platinum blonde, but like she said, God did it, not a bottle. Um, I want to show you pictures of my guests and I want to have you relate to them uh, in more ways than just hearing their voices. So I write a blog about them and I think the podcast in it, but I put pictures, not only a headshot, but some candid shots as well to tell their story in as um, robust a way as I can without your being there face to face with them. So you will get what she's talking about when you see her picture. <laughs> hair is gorgeous. Um, <laughs> yeah, you. it's amazing. And I can just, I'm thinking how funny that is that your daughter said that because I don't think I know a woman who's never <laughs> colored her hair. <laughs> um, I, actually, I do, con I do consider myself very fortunate for that fact because it saved me a lot of money over the years. Money and time, sister, let me tell you, because every six weeks, <laughs> hours, I'm getting the gray covered. I'm getting, yeah, yeah. So lucky, lucky, lucky girl you are. So that's great. And I love that you engaged with your daughters to say, tell me something about me that most people don't know. I love that. That's so meaningful. Um, you are blessed indeed. Uh, tell me one more thing. Um, if I, yeah. So let's say people want to reach out to you in your new position at Neo Design. What is your email address? Um, quite simply, Linda with an I at neodesigngroup.com. Linda with an I at neodesigngroup.com. Awesome. Well, you are delightful. I can't wait to meet you. I will be in New York soon. I have a couple of trips planned your way. Um, let's grab lunch or maybe a glass of wine after work or whatever. And I look forward to sharing your story with the world. You are delightful and funny and smart and charming. And I have to tell you, Linda, this is the first podcast guest that I've had where I know the listeners will say, Susan's not the one with the accent this time. <laughs> I love your New York accent. It's great. It's great. So take care. And folks, thanks for tuning in. It's been great. Thank you, Susan.